Pretty soon, Greg's gonna have to do the intro because I can't stop laughing at that stupid thing. <laughs> and in this corner, weighing in at 210 pounds, kudos to the, the man scrappler. Well, you're in the lightweights. I was not 210 pounds since eighth grade. But we have Greg looking very spiffy with his vintage Aquaman shirt. That's right. And I just want to go on the record of saying he should be a nice young white Caucasian. Bur- Nice guy instead of <laughs> instead of that burly fuck that they got out of the movies now. Thank you. <laughs> this is for another bur- <laughs> But anyways, uh, we're very thrilled this week to be firing up the studio and I think of him the song so I think of a title for this one. We have our good old good friend John Eric Payton. He's brought along Bobby Olson with them. Say hi guys. Hey man. Yo. That was enthusiastic. Wow. <laughs> Bob's in a rare mood that he must have taken his like energy pill this morning. I've had a lot of energy today. <laughs> yeah, yes, you just We're all really tired. It's Sunday. Yeah. I rode my bike here. No, I didn't. <laughs> but how's it been now? I mean, the C word's still rolling around, but you guys have been gigging again. How's it been going and everything? It's been going really good. We were uh, we were struck by the COVID bug back in April when we had to, had to cancel a couple gigs. But we were all... Um, vaxxed and boosted um but uh but some of our fans and then then all all of us <laughs> went through it and got it and we mostly were were pretty okay uh, i know i was completely asystematic bobby got a little sicker than me but um but uh but that was the only time and uh like i said we're boosted vaxxed and boosted and we've been playing a lot um so it's been pretty pretty good actually when you say bobby yeah i mean i did i had like one day where i felt really bad tested positive uh called the doctor they gave me that uh whatever the heck it is uh those pills that now they're saying don't work but i i, I don't know it seemed to work for me because within a day i was just like i was tired for like a day or two and then i was fine all right so well, yeah, they're saying those pills don't work now, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> I've gotten lucky was, and haven't gotten it yeah. all this time. So. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. I mean, we've had other stuff, both Greg and I, that we could handle. Yeah. Really well, our did. bass player hasn't gotten it either. He's never, he hasn't No, well, it. he thinks he might have gotten it uh, and gotten through it. I think he told me that because around the same time, it's like he felt crappy as well. Mm. A couple like guys me, in Like me, I just felt a little crappy, but I certainly wasn't bedridden. See, freaking bass players. Can you yeah. qualify Ra- a little... me, I haven't gotten yeah. it yet, just like a week ago. Yeah. Can you qualify <laughs> a little crappy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is so bad, but I'm thinking like those Super Bowl betting things where you pick something, you could pick people who don't have COVID and pick who you think's going to get right? it. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, well, this... You every... kind of almost could in some ways. Yeah, but like at this point, almost... Everybody has. <laughs> I know a couple guys in Brian's band, Lindsay's band, got it. So, so this we, is we, turned. We on. had to play four piece with two different guys. One guy got it, then a couple weeks later, another guy. But right. um, it's it hasn't. It, it was only a factor in our busy schedule over the last year. One time. That's good. It only uh, interrupted our flow one time. Had a, we had to cancel a Johnny's gig. Um, so we've been lucky. We've been really very lucky. But how did you now, Bob? One thing I wanted to ask you: I think your your guitar style is very bluesy, very heavy, very awesome. Yep. What were your influences? How did you decide? I want to do this. I want to rock. Uh, 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 you mean like from day one, or yeah, from whatever? Uh, we're casual on this show. Well, I mean, I you know, as a kid, I didn't really know. You know, I, I, it's a funny thing because when I was younger, like it seemed like. When I was playing air guitar with a tennis racket, somehow, like, you know, it got a little bit noticed that, hey, how come he knows that the notes get higher as you go up the racket, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, so so there, there was some kind of a recognition there. But, I mean, I was like, when I was in third grade, I think I had every Kiss album. Hey, cut out that racket. Yeah. I had every I had Kiss album. And I remember, I remember like, you know, playing Rubber Soul, like Beatles. I remember playing Rubber Soul and jumping from my dresser to the bed with the tennis racket. And uh, then I got kind of, I had a, a little phase of, uh, you know, getting into like Judas Priest and Black Sabbath and all that. And I think actually Black Sabbath was my gateway to the blues. Because I heard the uh, the version of Wicked World on Live at Last, and they go into that sort of jazzy swing thing, and I was like, what is that? And then almost about the same time, 
heard the opening track to the Allman Brothers' first record, and, uh, you know, Don't Want You No More, Not My Cross of Bear, and I completely switched gears and dove headfirst into blues. I, like, stopped listening to everything else. My whole collection was Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Albert Collins, all those guys. You know, the, it's the funny. The Kings, you know. You mentioned, like, the the swing. I started listening to some of my, you know, the stuff in my collection, and you listen to some of the old 60s, I mean, guys were playing in 3-4 all over the place. Right. Even, like, Grand Funk had a tune that swung a little bit in one of the middle sections. But I'm just, you know, people don't do that now. Right. It's like they don't touch it. It's like, unless you're, unless it's a country band and they're doing a waltz or something. Right. I mean, it's, it just used to be more variety. You know? And that's what I was going to say, too, getting, you know, of course, Jimi Hendrix comes in as soon as you start learning guitar. Generally, he's going to be a guy that shows up, you hope, right. at least. And, you know, just like, you know, the walls, Manic Depression or, yeah. you know, some of that stuff kind of creeps in. And next thing you know, your whole your whole music vocabulary begins to change. Oh, I know. That was a must-learn, and, Manic Depression. Yeah, uh, all but, the drummers but, were going nuts trying to figure it out. You just really kind of change. And then from there, I mean, it's just gotten even, you know, more intense because I started to go, you know, I went all the way back to, like, Sun House and uh, that kind of blues, you know, Delta Blues stuff, and then kind of went back, you know, got back up into time, and like we were just talking about with things like Aquarium Rescue Unit, and, uh, you know, Derek Trucks Band stuff, early Derek Trucks right. Band, or, you know, which is all kind of r- related, but, uh, you know, Mahavishnu Orchestra, you know, I got into Prague, Jeff Beck, you know, Wired and Blow by Blow is life-changing. It's still, right. I still listen to those albums, like, Constantly, I've been thinking of actually a couple of albums I've had where I've had to buy different more copies because I ran them ragged. Yeah, like old yeah. albums. Like I remember like watching John McLaughlin. I think it was nineteen seventy three or four. There's a, a great video of they're going into uh, Dance of Maya, and he goes in a really like nerdy way. He goes up to the microphone, and for those of you that are interested, this song is in eleven. It's interesting to think now how we have all this access too, because I have like Keith Richards' book. They were saying when you found an album back then in England, everybody congregated because it was so hard to get. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about Muddy Waters, and he was saying he's talking to Muddy. He can't repeat some of the chorus Muddy's done. And I know Robert Johnson would often play with his back to the audience, so you couldn't pick up on him. Wow. Well, Robert Johnson's a you know clearly a freak of nature because look at the longevity he had for the short amount of time he was around, and the idea too is that you know apparently he approached some of the uh, you know some of his peers and they're like go go home kid figure out how to play and then like a year or two later he comes back literally playing Delta Blues in a classical style because he was playing bass lines he was playing chords he's playing melody all at the same time and singing so it was like. Here's this, you know, Son House and the rest of the, you know, the peers were like, dude, you ain't got it. And he comes back and blows their other, you know, he just took took and over. So is that what fueled the Crossroads story, you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How did somebody learn all that that quick and that good right. and that, you know, of course. Well, that's how the podcast came to be, too. You know, the podcast? <laughs> the Crossroads. <laughs> a, a foggy night on the, on the Crossroads a, for you there. Made a deal with and, the devil. And it's always interesting how you wouldn't think of different styles of music. We owe Black Sabbath to Django Reinhardt because Tony okay. Iommi worked in a factory, hurt his hand, <laughs> right. remember? And he thought, I'm screwed, I can't play. Then he heard about Django Reinhardt, who's... Finger, you know, his fingertip was off, so he, yeah. so he, and that's how we got Judas Priest too, because all bent for leather, and I heard that Tony Iommi had leather fingertips, right? So, <laughs> yeah, he made them. <laughs> so it's almost like the Kevin Bacon story <laughs> through Black Sabbath somehow, and somehow it all unfortunately led to poison, <laughs> <laughs> and we all got sick. But also remember, he, Iommi was in Jethro Tull for six months. Right. If you watch Rock and Roll Circus, he's playing with them. Yes, yes, that's great mm-hmm. footage too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because I remember reading his book about that. But now, how did you two come together in this? And how long have you been playing together? We came together uh, <coughs> over me. <laughs> we came together uh, over an unfortunate incident: the death of Tony Caballero. Uh, and it's very, very funny. Bobby and I are almost <clears throat> the same age, playing in the same scene for since the '80s. And Tony died in 2007, and our paths hadn't crossed till then. <laughs> and, and 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 we had several like f- friends, but somehow our paths never crossed. 
And when Tony passed suddenly in that car accident, we had that humongous, complicated library of music to replicate <coughs> if we wanted to get on the road. And we started working with a bunch of different guitarists to to put together his tribute show. And um, one of them that really stood out to, to me, as far as me having instant chemistry with him and someone who like seemed to get it, as far as what we were doing in that band at that time, Buddhahood, <clears throat> it was Bobby. And uh, after we did the tribute show, we were trying to flesh out who was going to take Tony's place to carry on. We were th originally thinking maybe a combination of a couple guys. Uh, uh, Bobby came down and just, he learned this well, I can explain category of <laughs> tunes and... In like a month, like uh, I can explain how that all went down. There's a couple reasons. There's a couple reasons behind that. One, I started playing uh, with Tony in the '80s, as you say, uh, back when Dave Altman, bass player, was alive, and they were collaborating quite a bit. And I started playing with Tony, and we had we had you know just a rock band doing ZZ Top tunes and things like that. And uh, this is kind of like just before Rub the Buddha, you know, the the original incarnation of Buddhahood, Rub the Buddha uh, started, which I believe was a trio. Might yeah. have been a yeah, it was Altman, Tony, and, and Paul Mastriani, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but the thing is, I had been playing in band, and then Tony and I, you know, had this band called the Mysterious Blues Band that we had. We played, I think, that had a twelve-year duration. Yeah, that was or, around a while. Yeah. You know, but we we had many years of playing together, and I just really understood how he played from playing with him all the time. And I remember too, he was having some issues a little bit with like numbness in his left hand. So he was like trying to figure out what was going on there, and in the midst of that, he was trying to simplify his playing so that he didn't have to jump around the fretboard a lot, which is, that was actually key to some of his style, and I knew about it. I don't know if he was, you know, I don't know if he disclosed that to too many people, but he did with me. And, uh, and it would just so happen that when we were doing this tribute thing and I was asked to play a couple songs, I was also trying to help just fill in and keep the ball rolling, uh, I think it was supposed to be a one-off tribute. In fact, was, you know, it wasn't. It was. We weren't we supposed weren't to sure keep going. We were going to carry on. But it was still up in the air. And uh, while well, I was working construction at the time, and I had just gotten laid off, so I didn't have a job. So I literally spent like two weeks playing Buddhahood songs from like ten o'clock in the morning till eleven at night, and going to the rehearsals. And I, I literally just learned everything. I had all the CDs. How many I learned tributes? It all. Have their bed. Well, the, after the ten. original one, there's ten or eleven, right? Um, well, his ten year anniversary was the last one. Wow, though. that's pretty. So, good for but a that's the thing that. is, I literally did learn a huge vocabulary of stuff in a couple of weeks, but it wasn't like I was, you know, I'm not that gifted. I well, spent yeah. a lot of, I spent a lot of time. Well, on I don't it. know. I've played <laughs> with you. I'm pretty damn gifted. <laughs> He's being too kind because even though Bobby she said anyway, Forte, <laughs> his heavy blues influence, he came down and played. All our world music, all our reggae, all our zydeco. I, I mean, he came down and did it better than anybody else, in my opinion. And just shows you the chameleon he is. And oh, thanks. And uh, and so we, so that's how I met Bobby. And it's funny because even I was working with Bobby back in the '80s when Tony was working, or working with Tony back in the '80s when Bobby was work, working with Tony and. Uh, never quite cross paths. Somehow never cross paths <laughs> till Tony passed. And even I remember uh, Tony. I was in the Buddha Hood, and Tony was doing the Buddha Hood thing and the Mysterious Blues right. thing. Uh, he, you know, and gigs occasionally would conflict. That's when you you bounce yep. stuff around. But Bobby was in there. I still didn't meet him back then. I didn't, so, but eventually just, Tony, you know, was, you know, had to kind of part ways with. Mysterious Blues Band, which I, you know, it, it was a little rough at first because I kind of initiated that because, you know, Mysterious Blues Band was really starting to take off at the same time that Buddhahood was. So I kind of confronted him, dude, you got to make a choice because you can't just, you know, act like we're going to sit here and not do stuff and just do gigs when you can. Because we were on fire, too. We had a good band. Yep. And so that's kind of how that went. And I think there was a little bit of animosity with me and Tony for, for a little while, but they got buried. And, uh, and Buddhahood ended up being fantastic. And Mysterious Blues Band ended up being fantastic. We really were both 
you know, on fire. Uh, paralleling, you know, <laughs> yeah. some greatness. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, yeah. knowing you guys as long as I have and playing with you both, nobody phones it in. Mm-hmm. Both you guys, and I like to conclude myself in that too. Yes, Although I've looked, absolutely. I've looked absolutely. at some of my videos and I look like I could, I'd rather be somewhere else. You ever but, but I just don't emote a lot. The I worst is I'm like playing. if you're playing, you see drool coming down your face. You <laughs> uh, didn't know. I, don't see I just, yet. I just stay calm and play. I don't know. I've just never been a crazy jump around. Anyway, but you guys never phoned it in, and you, you put a lot of spirit in, into what you do. And Bob, I know you're like possessed when you play. <laughs> And he's yeah, like you getting on his knees, box. he's sliding around, he's jumping around, he's playing all kinds of cool stuff. That's so anyway, so just wanted to throw that out there to anybody. Get a chance and come out and see these. No, guys. you tear it up like when you play guitar. You just, it's like, it really is a thing when you really do rip it up on stage. It is, it is. And we, that's, We're not playing any ABBA there when you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, and like Bobby, myself, Drew, we're all kindred spirits in that in that way, man. We are... And the chemistry between us, you know, we we clash like brothers at yeah. times, but there's a deep love and respect. And I've heard the room where I don't even want Bob to tell it to that anybody who's going to come in the band has to go five minutes in the ring with the mass grappler, yeah, to test the metal. Um, really, just to see their pain. I mean, he takes it kind of easy <laughs> or, on them a or, little bit, or get into a debate with Drew because he doesn't want to like, cripple anybody. <laughs> they, run, they, they think about that for thirty seconds and they mass grapple. <laughs> <Max grapple>. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing, you I'll be less bloody. I think the two magic words are serendipity and chemistry. You can take yeah. a bunch of musicians; they could be incredible. Put them together; it's not going to come out good. Uh, you know, I'm because not, you don't have it. I'm not putting me in the category of incredible musician, but I've been there where I've been with a lot of high level players. Everybody, and it's just not coming together. <laughs> and uh, right. you know what I mean, Bobby? Yeah, yeah. sometimes and, the chemistry just isn't there. You know, right. and that's a that's a really good point, John, because. This band, really, if you think about your history, where you came from, I mean, I talked a little bit about mine, but mm-hmm. then you talk about where Drew's coming from, well, I mean, and you talk yeah. about where where Jimmy's coming from. We're all coming from wickedly different musical backgrounds. We may have some things in common, but I can tell you right now, there's a lot yeah. of things that you and Drew bring up at rehearsals that I've never heard. And vice versa, you know, all of them. And and it's, we make it work. So. And that's what I think is the real coolness of the band is... You know, you know, letting all those things in there. Exactly. I think that's like the thing where I love, like, for example, I love Jeff Beck, but you think, or Richie Blackmore, but you think if they could work better with others sometime, and I think you you should have a lot of confidence in what you do. It's good to have confidence, but you should also not be like so sensitive or like defensive where if somebody comes up and go, you know, that sounds good, but I think it could be better like this. So you're open to other ideas. What are you into right now? Oh, I've never heard this Afro beat like from this country or world music and you're Mm. open to it. And I've, one of the things that hit me recently about music when I was talking to a friend and about this show, and we always say, go what you, go see what you like, go see what you don't know because you might like it. I think the thing that makes me mad about like some people, especially like in high school where they would like whatever, fine, but they wouldn't be open at all to try anything new. That got me where I would make like gun club CDs (laughs) and I would hear, Dude, this sucks. Why don't you go listen to some good music? Uh-huh. Like Brett. Not, not enough journey? <laughs> that was a journey. You know, the big journey. Ario. Yeah. All these. And it's fine if you want to go see that stuff. I like stuff. that stuff. I do. You know, I know, we're, you, mean, you, know but... you got a dog named yeah. Bytor for God's sake. Yes, I do. <laughs> and right? I knew the yeah. reference, too. Yeah. And I will say, like, about Kiss, too. Whatever they say about it. I think those first three albums were sloppy, hard rock, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the songwriting. You, like you know, you, you might not like it. You know, there's a complete gimmick going on. Undeniable. But there is, you know, they knew how to write songs. Yeah. And, you know, look at their still doing it Um, they're still doing it you can say fuck Bobby okay that's the beauty of the podcast we're not a radio show you can say all the dirty words and you know if I could say something on on Drew's behalf I think you know I'll say it from my perspective I think you know this is something that also makes this band very cool is Drew is you know a saxophone player who is now also a keyboard player who is also a flute player who is a singer uh, he's right. he's really spent he spends a lot of time trying to hone in on those crafts, uh, and he's also like you know he's not your typical horn player. I mean, most of the horn players I know kind of go through the typical sort of thing where you know well you gotta like Coltrane, you gotta like Bird, you gotta like. The, 
And he doesn't really necessarily care about that. He's yeah. he'll he'll tell you all the time that like yeah. Clarence Clemens is one of his heroes. Yeah. And you know, he's playing flute, but it's like he's not it, it, like here's a dude that's like he's just getting off of listening to punk music and playing flute. Yep. Chris you know, so, so it's really, you know, I mean, yeah, definitely into Bowie. And I know like, you know, when you talk about Bowie or even Beatles or these, you know, that's part of why I think that era of music is cool is because they're not really genre specific. And I think that's what summed that's up a, a lot point. of my friends and myself. We would be going like the Lakeshore Record Exchange. We'd have a Hank Williams album on top of the Zombies album on the bottom. <laughs> right, or like right. a Metallica right. album or something yeah. on the yeah. bottom. Or the one one night, I remember my fear. You know, the Crash Band was playing. It was like his punk band, and I said, "Well, I'll be there, but I have to go to a ballet first. <laughs> you know, all yeah. music like Dizzy Gillespie said. There's good music and bad music if right. you're open to it. Yeah, but because of all these things, it's kind of hard to pigeonhole us as. That's what I was going to say when I recommend you guys. Oh. You know, like the Mighty High and Dry is another one where right. I just say, "Okay, okay, what do they sound like?" I go, well, they got a guy who has a mask will beat the shit out of you to cause trouble, <laughs> but otherwise you can have a good time. But uh, It's a fantastic rock. I can't, I can't really see what it is, but it's just good music. My tagline is it's a fantastic rock and reggae jam, jazzy blues, power pump, sonic carnival. Uh, hey. Sometimes I say explosion. <laughs> You forgot. You forgot well, but the oops, explosion uh, denotes we don't have any nuance. We do. Uh, we're a sonic carnival. You have a he- I call it a heavy <laughs> sound because there's so many layers to it. There really well, is. It's like but really it, like it's a wall of sound. But again, sure it is. changes because that's what I'm. You know, the because of pandemic, because of these things. You know, I mean, you know, you know, now that I'm, you know, kind of back in the seat of playing guitar with these guys. Um, you know, w- coming from all these different places, I have originals. John has originals. Drew has originals. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're coming from, and those originals come from different places, which again kind of puts us in that not, you know, we're not genre specific either. Yeah, so we can be a little confusing, I suppose, yeah. to to how Could people want to, how they want to classify us. And I'm, I think that's the best part about this band is that you can't just say, no, oh, it's they're this be or they're fun. that, because otherwise I, that can be boring. I think like yeah. everybody would agree, like Greg and. It agrees when you come in. There's like a sense of adventure when you're going to play. Like, what are we going to come up with now? It's not like, oh, it's going to be the same old stuff we yeah. just did. Like, I mean, it could also be challenging at rehearsal, trying to flush the time out <laughs> to right. to everybody. Uh, but we do a good job of that you know, for the most part. Uh, um, we, you know, uh, if if it's getting heavy on one side, we make sure to get some time in on Drew's stuff, my stuff, you know, whatever, Bobby's stuff. We uh, we're encouraging our bass player to write stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, our percussionist, Jimmy, has some great ideas, and he has such a great input. Uh, I mean, he always has this yes. kind of input you wouldn't think of coming out of left field and that always seems to work out. Yeah, it's yeah. like we kind of try to make the bread, and then we have, like, our bass player and our percussion player, the the slicer. You know, <laughs> come in and, but but you know it, it really does seem to really work quite well and we've i think we've done really good at, at dividing time to make sure that all ideas get in and also to not just have one person have the idea but to collaborate on the ideas yeah. that show and i think up. our baby is more heavy on one person this time than the next time exactly somebody else pulls yeah it. exactly not actually i mean it's just and i've really become Whereas I've gotten older, the passing of time and the passing of friends. I remember the night I listened to Round Mound of Sound again. Mm-hmm. And I remember that night. I One of the best German. lyrical songs yeah. I think I've ever heard. It. It's, I, there's nothing but passion. It's more, in and it's also, it's true, it comes from the heart. That's and what you I'm can, saying, As yeah. you get older, you relate to it a lot more, too, Absolutely. because unfortunately. It so it's, touches it's a lot bad. of people, and I'm very fortunate to... to to be, you know, it's such a freaking simple song. I'm not a, I'm not a crazy songwriter with all kinds of chord changes. I think and sometimes to keep it super simple, stupid thing really works too. Uh, you these guys to... helped it make it special and magic. I remember bringing it down, and Bobby had to transpose it for me because I was playing it with my bar chords and singing in my attic. And when I went to sing out, it was way too high for me, so he had to trans, you know. And, and then they're always coming up with a good idea. I mean, and, I mean, we had a great night at practice the other night, working on one of Bobby's tunes. The collaboration made it better through, you know, mm-hmm. the, the little bridge part with uh, Drew's chord changes right, and the right. solo. Well, like your name infers, it's a project. So uh, the point is it's a collaborative effort all the sure way around, is. and it should be that right. way. 
This is my and it's good that you well get assistance, said. huh? Yeah. Well said. I like that. Well, that's why we have the music because I don't know what that's why I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> technical you're, stuff. A, you're a musicologist, yeah. So, I, Rob. I'm the supporter. I know shit, and I could carry a tune up four flights of stairs with help. Well, the other thing too is, you know, I think one of the things that this band does well is to kind of consider that no song is ever truly finished. Things can change, right? You know, things can grow and change. If a new idea shows up for a song, especially if it's a song that you know is a you know popular song i dare say we have a popular original you know that we can still change it we can still do things to keep it interesting for not just the audience but for ourselves certainly you know have you ever recorded something and then as the song gets played live oh yeah vocals go on that were or whatever sure and then you're going ah shoot we should have recorded it that (laughs) way right always or the one i've seen sometimes from friends too where all of a sudden they'll Pull another song in the middle of it because it just feels like it on spur of the moment. Sure, which is always always cool. This I might be totally wrong about this part too. Disagree if you want, but I've gotten this view on prog rock compared to like songwriting, Mm -hmm. where I think prog rock. It's like if you're a musician, you want to be challenged. You want to do it because it's going to take you and push you. But there's a little bit of a like an antiseptic feel to it, where there's no feeling or stuff. Whereas I think like if you're a singer songwriter. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to touch people and have them relate and everything. Yep. I think you're right. I think that that holy shit, prog rock. No, I think prog <laughs> rock is it, it. You know, it definitely is parts. It needs rehearse because those things. I mean, there's so many things happening a lot of times. You know, when you talk about like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer or stuff like. I remember my friend Dave used to run sound over at, at Water Street Music Hall with uh, you know uh, uh, what's his name from Overkill and um, uh, but anyhow. Um, Emerson Lake and Palmer like rented the joint out to practice while they were on tour, while they were in town, and they would just keep going over stuff and going over stuff. And you know, I know that even some of our stuff, if we don't practice it somewhat regularly, you can kind of oh forget little things. Grows hair, you know what I mean? <laughs> Grows hair, and so I think that's a thing. Is like, yeah, there's certain types of music that allow a little bit of you know, I don't know, maybe some you know something's can can kind of constantly change. And it could be hair, but it doesn't feel that way, yeah. you know. But then there's other things that if they're not tight and they're not right, man, it's not tight and right. Certainly not, yeah. certainly. And prog I mean, rock I'm is... A, I'm a huge prog rock. I am, too. Like, don't get me wrong. Me I'm a huge fan. I'm more into Czech rock myself. Czech rock. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this. Vacuum. Prague, right? never mind. The country, <laughs> never. Okay, never mind. Okay, Bad I, joke. Better ask the next question. I failed your conversation, Greg. I failed lost for a bit. Dead air. Oh my God, the nightmare uh, of radio. I can't think of what to say after you said that. <laughs> Greg, Greg and I have a history of playing together, too, and he and I used to have some really good back and forth. Oh, yeah. Back and forth, like, sort of sharp tongue. The non sequiturs <laughs> were just. Oh yeah, oh, pouring great. out. Oh, man. How do you decide on what cover songs you do too? Because I heard like "Miss You," but that was for Charlie. Obviously, it was a no-brainer. Certainly, uh, uh, "Miss You" is is a very fun, easy song that people love to move to, and we do right. our version. We certainly aren't trying to cover the Rolling Stones. We, like I said, with the diverse influences of the individuals, we bring stuff down. We don't worry, you know. Sometimes you're. It's like, will that work? You know, the instrument. You don't get caught up in the instrumentation you do or don't have. We figure out ways that, and also, it has a pass, a couple tests I talked to Bobby about a lot. Right. Um, It has a pass the wedding band test. And no offense to wedding bands, but it can't be a cover you hear all the time at a wedding band. Or any any common cover. Any common cover you're going to hear. Uh, it's got to be a deep cut. Mi- you know, that we, we break the rules with Miss You. Everybody plays Miss You. But um, I think our version is very fun. Yes. I think you hit on something, though. I was discussing this last night with mm-hmm. my bass player when we were playing. Well, not while we were playing, on the break. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, by the way. That's why nobody got that <laughs> song. I'm a little off the, off the game today. Sorry. You know, I woke up late. No, but. I, I know think, we're even taping late. You woke up late. <laughs> I think it's important that you have your identity, even if you are covering songs, that you're not really trying to, like, replicate it. You're just interpreting it. And I think that's very important. And I think people are a lot more accepting of that now than they used to be. Well, for one thing, on design, 
we tick up the tempo of almost everything we do a couple notches. There's a point. There's a point you can go too far with the tempo and you ruin a nice melody right. line. And and Bob and, we, and and we've listened to recordings and Bobby yeah. has said or Drew has said, John, we're playing this way too freaking fast. I can't get all the words in. Uh, and you know. Uh, but I think by design, everything ticked up a couple notches. Even when I was playing with Cinnamon Jones, that was her, that was her thing. Everything has to be just a little bit faster. Wow. Yeah, keep the room energized. When I was playing with Tony, he wanted me to up tempo on front of the beat L- always. Listen to it. any Live Stones record. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything's uh huh. Everything's a hundred miles an hour. Not a hundred miles an hour. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be uncontrolled. But everything. So that's one thing. Another thing is. You know, we don't stick to the. We'll we'll take liberties with the arrangements of songs. Sure, to, right. To suit us. Or. Well, what's interesting too is like uh, these these song picks for covers. It, there's a couple of instances when we're talking about the Rolling Stones and Bowie that has actually kind of made it look like we were riding on the bandwagon because these you know unfortunately unfortunately these people have passed away. Charlie Watts and David Bowie go, we were doing the stuff when they were still here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when they passed away, a lot of bands started picking up on the same tunes. Right. So I kind of feel like, you know, we you know, we were playing, you know, how, how many years ago? Probably eight years ago at Nietzsche's, we were doing a David Bowie a uh, tribute show. That. And he was yeah. still here. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. we just decided to do this thing. And we played a string of Bowie tunes. And that's because and that's because a huge influence of Drew is Bowie, and he right. sings it so well. Right. He, he's a multi-instrumentalist. So sometimes it's for those fun, who think we yeah. just jumped on that yeah. wagon, we certainly it's did not. It's fun also sometimes, too, to take a song and take a song ready and see, oh, I'm going to do something really different. One of my friend's bands does a reggae version of uh, Cruel to be Kind. Oh, cool. And then the Super Suckers do a country version of Sail On by the Commodores, and I think it's awesome. Well, I, yeah, I'm very proud of our... We do a version of a Blondie tune. Yes. And it's called... Uh, the Blondies... I, I can see that they yeah, look it's, just like it's, her. Uh, it's the Rapture. Her tune, Rapture, yeah. with that really awesome bass line. When I was in Buddha Hood, we played this song called Spiller, and it was the bass line from Thriller. Do, do, do. Oh, I can't think of it right now. And we built we built some stuff around it, uh, a couple changes. I said, and it was a killer hit. I was like, I got to think of something like that. They got people out of their seat. Big that uh, that will that we can make our own. I'm thinking a super hooky bass line. Rapture came to mind, and uh, and. So we do this crazy jam version of Rapture, where, where the end rap is in there, and uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm saying it now so nobody steals it, because <laughs> it, you know, I, I, I see a jam band stealing it someday, hearing us and going, I'm going to do that, and you see it at, at Red Rock someday. You know, what, <laughs> you, know? you know what song I could hear you guys doing? 40,000 Headmen by Traffic. Remember that old song? Oh, I have to listen to And Drew to that would kick again. ass yeah. on that with the flute uh-huh. and the sax. Well, I know Steve's daughter is all taller you guys are doing it. <laughs> What's that? Humble brag. I'm friends with Steve's daughter, so I tell her doing that. You know, another one, too, people don't get, but, like, I know, like, reading, like, some books, like, about, from Guns N' Roses and all these bands, one of their biggest influences was uh, 70s bands like Parliament, Cameo, because they had that yep. really heavy bass sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am super... I love, yeah. I love Parliament. I love Parliament. I love that spaghetti incident. Those those uh, cover, the CDs Guns N' Roses did the cover CD. Yeah. I think that's the one, right? Yeah, spaghetti. That's there's some really good stuff on there. I am super super influenced by seventies music. Pixar. I mean, yeah. no, well, no, I no question me about it. Yeah, except for the headless tom toms, <laughs> that drives me nuts every time yeah. I hear them. They were oh, good God. when I was a kid, and yeah. I couldn't afford. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me crazy that sound. And I will yeah. say too, the one song I almost laughed and I'm gonna start cataloging. Every friend I know does Jolene right now. <laughs> right. Everybody everybody yeah, does Folsom Fritz. You friend. won't catch us doing Jolene. One of my the Lustic Heart Stabbers is a friend of my friend Carl and Jen and everything. He had a band. Mm-hmm. They would do That's the Way It Goes by Johnny Cash. And I was going, Thank you, because for once it's not Folsom Prison. Uh-huh. Because everybody <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, how many right. I would like to feel like going up to I agree. Them, this is really yeah. good, but yeah. how many songs have they ever done? Yeah. Maybe there's a couple more. Right. <laughs> so you see, you're cool with us doing nine to five. Sure, <laughs> I would love that. It would be awesome. Reggae version. <laughs> I would love it. 
How is it playing reggae on drum? Like, Greg, I've asked this because I've always heard, like, that's pretty hard to play, like, ska it's tricky. reggae. It was very tricky for me at first. You have to smoke up first? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> at, at first, I, did, I found it wasn't helping me. Uh, <laughs> I can see why they do it, though. It's yeah, very no, hypnotic sure. when you get into it. What, what, it keeps you, you come, from playing yeah. too fast. When yeah. you're a drummer who comes from rock, blues, funk, you never, ever ignore the one, the first beat of any measure with your right. foot. And with reggae, the one drop, like I could do the stepper beat, which is all four, you know, four on the floor. Uh, I could keep that. But whenever I dropped into a one drop where I had to ignore the one and just drop that bomb on the three, I invariably slowed the tempo down. Because right. a one drop is yeah. deceivably, the tempo is fast, but it's deceivingly slow. Because yep. it's like, dun, dun, three, four, dun, dun, boom, dun. I noticed with the No Woman No Cry, though, it's it's more traditional. Like, when I play that, I try to do a one drop, and it doesn't seem to work. Do you do the four on the floor? No, I just do the regular two Does and four. Does that song have drums? Yeah. Okay. But it's a ballad, so yeah. it has a note. No, to I mean, you could play it like I that, but I don't think it goes like that. There's an acoustic version. Yeah, that must be what But I remember Keith Richards thing in his book when he was working with, like, Tosh and all those guys in Jamaica, his classic line, he's going, I don't believe these Jamaican musicians, when they can light up a joint as soon as they wake up. I wait at least 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with, with me, it was a big learning curve, and Tony was very patient uh, while I learned it's it. It's tricky. I, I did everything one four on the floor, and then what I started doing is I started going four on the floor with my, with my hi-hat foot off to the side of my hi-hat and then dropping the bomb uh, on the, on the wait no I used my kick drum foot I would go one two three and drop it on the three and then put my foot to the side and play four on the floor <laughs> and do and that's well, how there I, you go that's all right and then I started doing just eighth notes just eighth notes on the hi hat <laughs> no 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 accents no dotted anything just eighth notes because that would help me keep the tempo and you're lucky to have a percussionist because he can fill in those timbali yeah. things and, and all that, that other stuff it, it fell in, in after working and working and working and working it fell in place for me now I can do it effortlessly I think yeah. it goes like because I've always said I mean, you can intimidate a lot of people Coltrane doesn't have to worry about being intimidated because he's too damn good for anybody to intimidate yeah. but, I think, but I think you get like Scott I think it, it looks like okay if you're looking out and going Oh, this stuff's easy to Scott's play. the other end of the spectrum, though. It's like fast and manic, yeah. and, you know, it's a whole different yeah, thing. Unless you're that mid-tempo stuff, which yeah. is round mount of sound. Yeah, but it's like it seems simple from the outside, but it's really complicated. It's not a ton of, it's, like, it's, no, it's not. It's not a lot of notes, but it is, there's, there's... Rhythmically, yeah. But this is like, I mean, I could see like you singing on guitar, but I always ask, how the heck do you drummers sing and still play? I think it's as hard as any instrument, really. I mean, that probably is too. When we used to do when we used to do the Mr. King, you know, that we're, which is a, a song that we we are doing again now. Yeah. But we used to do like a ska version of Mr. Yes. King, mm -hmm. and uh, and I used to like literally get like a certain group of males in front of me when we'd play this live. It was never the girls, but there would be like this group of males that would like kind of rush up to the stage to see how I was picking it, because I didn't just do like up pick or down pick. I did down up down up down up down yeah, up down up and then i would lift my left hand off and on and off and on and off and on and they just couldn't kind of grasp how i was getting that you know and uh i didn't realize i was doing something weird you know what i mean so it was kind of cool and it, it's something that i've done but since. it's muscle and control that's another more factor well i wasn't even aware of it and i guess yeah. i'm aware of it now i use yeah. it on purpose now but that was kind of cool and it's very like i can see like as a guitar teacher it's not easy for a lot of people to do Right. You know, and that's the thing. So you're saying ska sounds easy, but it, apparently you're right. You know, it, it's not as easy as it sounds. No. But he was asking about singing and playing guitar. Was that a hard for you? It depends on what you're talking about because a lot of guitar stuff is a lot of a lot of guitar players sing a lot come, of singers play guitar did it come naturally like when i i didn't come naturally well it depends me. on the music it, it depends on the music and that's what i was going to say when i played bass and had to sing that was a whole different ballpark because i had to be in the groove yeah. and solid yeah. guitar a lot of times you can yeah. strum a chord crank, and sing over it you know, and the, the chord rings out, and you kind of got some free space. Or right, blues, you're not you're locked to right. one. Right, there's yeah. other things that you? are really helping with... Well, only because I've been doing it so long, it was hard at first. Because you got to sing in around your beat, and, you know, 
And I can do more of that now because, yeah. of, you know, I, I try to do harder stuff on guitar and, and sing. My biggest problem is range, you know, with vocals. Well, but You have to try but, to not sing and play the same rhythm you're singing. You know, right. It's hard. You know? <laughs> and that was a lot for me was, like, reading interviews with guys like Sting or Jack Bruce. And, again, I'm looking at bass players yeah. because... Those are the guys that, you know, like I remember reading an interview with Jack Bruce, uh, the song Politician. And he said, I had to lock myself in a room for like a week and practice singing and playing oh, that. Oh, yeah, I can you imagine that, that melody. And he said, then finally I was able to separate, you know, and it is, it's like you, it's your brain song. goes to a zone where you're yeah, separating He's, he's singing like triplets. I'm a political yes. man. And he's, and he's playing that part against it, and right. it's, so it's tricky. Well, your it's music's meant to be played live, too. I mean, it's like that kind, I think. And I think there's always, you're always like going to offer... A level of quality, but I always look like when I go for what I call the magical gigs, it's like when the audience is into it, the band's into it. Yeah. It's like this. Neil Peart used to say that about Rush's gigs. He'd say that out of 60 gigs, you know, we were always we're professional musicians, yep. but every now and then you just look at each other and go, this is one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah, we have off nights, and even on our off nights, we do good because we do good with smoke and mirrors <laughs> because we're we're like i said we're really we read each other really well i mean uh and like uh you know it's just uh those but those hot nights but we've told the story many times but greg's such a pro we got fish hooked the one night that's right <laughs> you can retell it i gotta re tell it okay. please okay oh they never heard it i guess all right so we were playing at soda's point at that, remember Papa Joe's? Yeah. That bar? Okay. So he had this flatbed that he had the band play on, and it was against the fence. And on the other side of the fence was a small walkway, and there was a bait shop, okay. like a tackle shop. Okay. So this, the, I'm playing, I, so I'm against the wall, I'm playing, and this family comes through on the other side, back from their fishing, and the guy's got his pole over his <laughs> thing. And it's, um, and I'm, yep. And I'm playing, and the hook just grabs the back of my shirt, without, <laughs> and I didn't realize it. And as I'm playing, I'm being jerked back, and I didn't know what I got the, a big one. the hell was going on. I got the big fish. And it, was a, it was a very strange experience. Yeah, the guy's like yeah. calling his friends, hey, anybody need a drummer? It was a, uh, <laughs> I got a really I, big drummer. I hooked one. <laughs> wow. Okay, At least then, it didn't catch your ears. Yeah, right. Serious. Yeah, yeah that was very strange. And then it was like being possessed or something, and I was like, people are turning around going, what the hell's the matter with you? What if you got yanked <laughs> out, it would have been like the worst if yeah. you somehow yanked you out. But, but it's like, the guy... The guy guy was really nice too he bought me a shirt from the bar because he felt bad ripping my shirt and i was like well that's okay man. he pulled you so hard it ripped your shirt yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's God. the thing though the show must go on during all the silliness oh, and everything yeah, else mm -hmm. well our drummer got hooked away by a fish hook but we yeah. still have to keep yeah. playing well you know back on that he threw me back too that's but that's that. the thing is like the band has to work with you through that and figure out yeah. how to continue and uh, you know we have we've had situations like that in 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 this group too, you know, and that is that is part of the comedy. We might not be our hundred percent night, you know, if you know, in our eyes, but like like John said, we find a way to kind of bring that we bring that fire in. Recovering is and, ninety percent yeah. of this of professionalism, and we do, and we look yeah. out for each other too, because you know I came back from having a pretty bad injury. And, oh, uh, you right. know, I had to kind yeah. of get back into the swing of things and yep. get my stamina up. And I'll, don't be talking like, you know, I hear you guys laughing in the background. <laughs> but, uh, you know, same thing with Drew. Drew had a recent surgery. And, you know, we had to kind of cover for him a little bit, you know. I mean, it's not cover for him because he completely carried his weight. Yep. But at the same time, we want, you know, we we're, we try to be conscious of each other. And, you know, like you said, brotherhood, man. We We know that even if even if everything seems and it looks fine there may be something that we should just be aware of yeah and and we do that for each other you know as long as we know yeah. right but you know and that's i think that's part of that chemistry and that brotherhood is you know just being there and yeah, making I, sure you know drew and i have both covered solos for each other you know yep. at different times you know i can tell sometimes it's an equipment failure yeah yep. You know, sometimes it's literally an equipment failure. Like breaking and, heads or your high hack clutch And you don't just stop, you know what I mean? You go on and try to, his, try to, his try to continue. His sax locks up, and it's in the middle of solo. Bobby sees it right away, 
starts to takes the soul over. Vice versa. That's happened yep. so many times. Yeah, like, I've I seen can't... a lot of things, man. Pedals go out, yeah, straps come off. You know? It's called live. Strings break. Dude, we had a gig like when was this? I I literally we had two gigs in a row and I broke every single string. Wow! Between yeah, between was, the two gigs, that man. was a record archive that was to the Smoking Eagles. Oh, was that Paul's? That was at oh. Paul's party. I busted the first two there, and then we went to Murphs that night. And then I busted the next one and the next one. Yeah. <laughs> like what? The, I don't know what. I think I just got a faulty set because I just <laughs> never. Yeah. I mean, wow. literally every yeah, single string. Fingers. It wasn't like I kept breaking the same one <laughs> either. Weird. It was like every you single one. Your frets are honed sharp razor oh sharp God. <laughs> we had the one we followed the band crazy trainer from my friend pat barry so from kentucky and the ozzy cover band obviously and we just got it was like a bunch of us we got to know we'd go out the one time at the penny arcade they break the strings on one guitar break the strings one of my friends goes like 90 miles an hour to go home to get his guitar <laughs> to bring back from the year oh. wow <laughs> Well, that happened when we played the Rib Fest that one year. My amp yes, like started smoking yes. and quit, and I was like, "Man, I don't Three have a backup amp." And Dan Eaton, I've was, seen sound things. I've seen that yeah. happen. Yeah, Dan Eaton was kind enough to lend me a uh, a Fishman acoustic amp, yeah, which was, basically sounded like a uh, kind of like an Ernie Isley early. Right, <laughs> like, right. It was really thin but distorted. And, I mean, we got through the gig, yeah. but it was like I was so embarrassed. All I'm thinking of there was oh. that scene in Spinal Tap where they're playing by the airport and it starts, yeah. <laughs> it starts coming in That's on, the, best. on the plate and everything. Yeah. But you have a really big gig coming up at a place we love here, the Riviera Theater. Oh, yes. man, yes, we do, man. Uh, we're really excited to play this. I'm going to say I'm not going wink, 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 wink. That's <laughs> okay, I'll explain. Oh, I'll try to make that one. Uh, every time yet. I've been trying to go to these, something horrible has happened with the band. So, so <laughs> I'll just say I'm going somewhere else. There. Oh, I ended up in Geneseo. Oh, that's good, good, good. Keep that, keep that, uh, that uh, strategy. But no, we have a great. It's at the end of this month, um, uh, uh, 30th, the thirtieth right? of July, Saturday, uh, at the uh, Geneseo Riviera Theater, a historic rem- remodeled, renovated movie theater that they're having music venues. In, uh, a lot of music. Happening there. Could we get the mass grappler and have like a have them set up for a ring and have a match there? That sometimes. could definitely happen. I mean, that's you know Jeremy. Yeah, Chalk I could take on all comers. Like I could like 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 Andy Kaufman. I mean, not me, but the mass grappler. He I, uh, <laughs> uh, he could take on all the women in the, in the theater that night. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's in the round, but <laughs> yeah. but we could fix it. But yeah. I mean, Jeremy and Chalk are good friends, yeah. and they're friends of the show and everything. They, I'm just so happy how this is going there it's right yeah. and i think what i'd like to see come back are these really cool venues it is a cool There's something i mean i went to see jason isbell at the beacon theater in new york just it was like going to a shrine right. seeing the place and this place looks awesome it oh, is God. they did such a and the thing is i'll tell everybody because you know the like me with i have my issues there's plenty of parking in back mm-hmm. lots of parking it's not that far of a drive 30 minutes yeah no it's not Yep, 30 minutes. It's far I, enough I, so you get the anticipation yeah. for the gig up and not too And you know bad. what? Go down early. Check out Buzzo, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> get down yeah. there. Yeah. There's some beautiful little restaurants and things yeah. around in town. Yeah, and downtown the is and really yeah, cool. yeah. It's, it's so much fun down there. Hey, you know what? We also have a gig Friday the, the uh, what is it, the 17th? No. The fifteenth, this Friday. Oh, this Friday, yes. At Le- in Leroy. Oh, okay, that would be the fifteenth. Yes. All right. The Oaxaca Oa- the Oaxaca Festival. The Oaxaca Festival uh. at Smoking Eagle Barbecue. I've heard they got great wings. I've heard they got great. I've heard they got great wings there. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Uh, everything. Actually, Again. Kansas played at the Oaxaca Festival one year. One of my friends lives out there. That's a nice little town. And if town. you go to that yeah, sub place on Main Street, I guess they got like really good steak bombers. So those are two huge Livingston County gigs that coming up in July, and those are only two gigs in July coming off a really busy schedule, right, Bobby? We've, yeah. We've been pounding it since like really hard since COVID, and uh, making some good strides. We're we're talking about getting in the studio to make a record. You we're trying to figure out there. the songs. We're trying to figure out the songs and our style and what we want to do, how we want to do it, because it's important for me to be comfortable. Uh, in a recording situation, or else you're not going to get the best from me because I'm not a great studio drummer. I never have been. Uh, yeah, we are a live element band, and that's the thing. I feel the same way. I need to be pretty well rehearsed with stuff, 
and uh, but that's that's the great thing about having a couple of weeks off too is to kind of hone in on mm-hmm. even some new originals or whatever and yeah. just kind of take a breath because you know but not that you know I, I like playing a lot of gigs personally because yeah, I feel yeah. like that's when I play the best too yes yeah we're getting a lot of yeah you're right Bobby uh, but it's a, it's a fine line of burning yourself out or, uh, yeah. or, or having time to, like Bobby said, really take uh, you know some real good time in the in the woodshed to start really grinding on new material. And how does like does I think also too the best thing is when it just comes naturally, obviously. Yeah. And how does like how where do you get like your inspiration for your songs? They just pop in your head, or for just, me they just pop in my head. Me, I'm you my, see some weird thing and you're like, wow, I'm gonna write about. Well, that. you know, fire it up is I don't have many songs. Bobby has a catalog of. Well, where do you get your where do you get your ideas? <laughs> you know, that's a good question uh, because I think, and this is probably due to like my my past. I did a well, we're out of time right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did a I did a you know about um, I don't know eight or ten years in a band called Blue Axis as bass player. Oh, yeah. So my uh, most of my songs these days tend to be uh, they tend to start with like a bass line. You know, like I try to come up with sort of a you know a bass groove that I think feels like something that. And I don't, and I try not to like purposely not to record that stuff and see if it sticks with me. You know, if huh. it sticks in my head, then I feel like I got, I'm on to something. That's a good. And idea. then I'll kind of go on, you know. And, and I'm not saying that's 100. percent You know, there are some guitar things that I've come up with first, but I'd say 80 percent of the time it's a it's a bass groove that kind of gets my inspiration going. And, and, and it could be anything. I mean, there's also been just an idea. Like, I'll get an idea. Like, I have a new one right now. Here's an example. I have a new one right now that we haven't really quite figured out what the title's going to be or anything, but I got so inspired by listening to Old Chicago. Right. And they had that song, <laughs> The Introduction. Uh-huh. And so lyrically, it's kind of influenced by that. The song sounds nothing like it. But lyrically, it's like, hey, you know, come check us out. Welcome to the show kind of thing. And then I started thinking about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Hey, welcome back, my friends, to the show. <laughs> Not so much psychedelic, but, you know, this sort of welcome, you know, welcoming people in lyrically. And that was really the, the basis of it. You know, welcome all, one and all, and all in one, you know. Yeah, Chief it's, Trick had that one. Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Right, right. And that's the thing is making sure that everybody's welcome, you know. It's like lyrically, it's not just... Are you ready to rock? Again, not that genre-specific thing, but, you know, who cares who you are and whatever. We, you know, we hope you take it. The only thing, we should get our money back. The show did end eventually. Well, that was the first thing I ever heard from them. Now we're going home, yeah. It must have been that bleed a blade of grass or blade or bleed of grass. Someone get them a sandwich and a water. The show is still going on. But what is a Tarkus? I still never figured that out. That's, it, that's the thing that the goes... Armadil- armadillo Armadillo tank armored. It's a tank and an armadillo. I thought it was the area between, yeah. you know, down there. Like, <laughs> that's your tank. No, that's your tookus. <laughs> tookus. And we could debate this for an hour about prog rock. Hey, I hit one. All the Roger Dean album covers and stuff. What the heck? Can I get a suit suit studio? <laughs> but that was the way I used to go, too. Like, yeah. this, like you go to the record in store, the they didn't studio. cost that much. You saw a cool cover, you just bought it and took your chances. That's right. You found a lot of cool Sometimes, stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's that. funny when you ever like find weird things like I like I was I somebody threw out this old stereo thing and they had a cassette in it. So I took the thing home. It worked for a while and then but I had the, the cassette, and it's called Buckethead. Have you oh, ever heard yeah. Buckethead? Yeah, played for Guns N' Roses, yeah. I think. That with dude, the Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, these guys are like a echoey oh, 90s it, funk. Oh, not Buckethead the guitar player. No, this is like a this is like a like a, a, a groove thing, and I listened to huh. it yesterday. I just happened to throw it in there, and it's like echoey vocal. It's like rave-type music. Oh, really? It, yeah, it's really huh. cool, actually. I only know the guitarist with the chicken bucket. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Head, right. But I found there's any my friend, my good friend Tommy Francis. He's been, he had a band called the Bobs for a while. They all called the Bobs. I was in House of Guitars. There is a band called the Bobs. I'm not in it. <laughs> no, <laughs> neither am I. You should lobby to be. But in. I just I was going to tell Tommy there's like a band called the Bobs with all these guys. I met uh, I met a bass player dude who's about my age on Facebook. He's from Chicago and his name is John Payton. Uh, he came across my site and we got became friends and uh, and I was like, imagine if I had a whole band full of John Paytons, that would be really <laughs> weird. That would be a project. <laughs> no, but you know, again, to sum it up, the John Payton project, the JPP, is not 
uh, John Payton's project. Uh, it's it's that because we didn't come up with a really decent name. No, think of like the <laughs> Almond Brothers. You know how the Almond Brothers got their name when they were Almond Joys. The rest of the band said they wanted them to name the Almond Brothers. It wasn't them. Well, I thought Drew kind of was put on the spot. We have like we had a gig and it was like, we "What's did. the band called?" And Drew we just kind of spurted out the John Payton project. Yes, yeah, and, and like we kind of got had to stick with it at that. Better than like the bath it called good, Mary's though. or yeah, something like worked. that. I, I like the JPP branding. It, I didn't realize yeah. at the time the uh, you know you know responsibility on my shoulders if I want to take the band's name on. It's like, you know what? You're not a you're not just a drummer anymore, dude. Yeah. You, if you want to take the name on, you got to figurehead. You got to be more than just the drummer guy. So, uh it took me a while to sell into that role, but it really isn't my band. I would be nowhere without these guys and it would not wouldn't be the same without these guys. And we wouldn't be without you. <laughs> you have great charisma in uh, your musicianship and your Thanks, man. and, and, and uh, genuinely people freaking dig you, man. We'll dig, and well, he'll fight well, anybody that says different. And we all, I mean not just us guys in the band, I'm talking about everybody, you know. Even my mom is like, "He's such a nice guy. I love him. He's so talented." <laughs> Well, we all are. I don't know why I just did that. My mom doesn't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you wish she did. The show is a weird fact that yeah. anybody who's in this studio. My, my but, mom. But uh, thanks a lot, you guys, for my coming down. Just screech. Just, uh, yes, man. Thank you. lots of fun, man. Thank you, guys. So now, you know me. you're always welcome back. But how do we grab your stuff? And what are you going to play at the end? And... Uh, at the end, I have, uh, I have a live recording that came out really well. We actually, it's the only See, thing. See, that's the way you got to play live all the time. Don't do the studio. Just play this, live. Well, this is from uh, a one, uh, uh, not too long ago, Fairport Music Festival. Caught a really great recording. Ended up putting... Uh, a live record out of a several a few hundred pressings that we don't have any more of, but I happen to have one over there. I dug and found. I've it. seen these yeah. online for like going for like thousands. Oh, you bought them? Th- thousands. <laughs> is that where they went? I was bootlegging them. Thousands of yen, which is like fourteen cents. But uh, I'm gonna play around mine now. <laughs> I got Round Mountain yeah, Sound so, on there. It's a uh, really good version. This is like a segue to nothing in particular, but this is show. When I was in Warsaw, Poland, I was drinking these vodka martinis. I got a bill for six hundred fifty thousand lattes. And I thought I was going to jail. Oh, it's like what? It's like, like ten. Yeah, I no, know, I know. I had. Oh, I bought a pair of shoes when I was in Italy, or like a long time ago on the road, but. It was nineteen thousand lira, and I'm like, "What?" It ended up being like ten dollars. Yeah. You ever see like that movie, the movie wow. Euro Trip? I'll tip them. See, I have a nickel. I buy the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. uh, but thanks. So you're gonna play Round Mountain Sound. Very yeah, good song. And, thanks, man. And you got anything else coming up besides them? Or are you just sticking oh, them? Oh no, we got we got uh, we have all you guys uh, like Bob. You doing anything solo or around? And then no, Greg, I'm what are you just really doing? trying to hone in on some new ideas and get you know get them up and running with this with this group. And uh, you know we we have just the rest of the summer stuff that we're trying to um, you know. Got people hyped into you know Riviera Theater. We got this the Waka Fest. We have Fairport Music, Food and Music Festival coming up, yeah. uh, which um, we're going to be doing uh, the festival, and we'll be playing. Oh, you know, you know what you have too. You have Zubru. Yes. Yes. Uh, here's our August. Oh, yeah, when's that? August sixth, uh, Saturday. We're at the. Uh, Side, August I just 19th. thought to interrupt for a minute, John. You know what? If you would have gone to that show, I could have driven you your car. Uh, <laughs> well, next time. Uh, I was too tired to walk all no, the way. No, it's okay, but I thought about that. Well, if you would have made it up, that I could have driven you. I, was, I actually got there I thought about close. that, too, but, man, I, I wasn't even a quarter of the way in and I was like man I can't walk you have this no thing. idea what we're talking about let's go on you oh, the Zubru the, the Zubru you do it August 19th we've been asked to play the, one of the Zubrus that's a Friday oh good then August 27th we got a double dipper we're playing Fairport Music Festival at 4 in the afternoon on one of the big stages and then that night we're going to be rocking the B-side you don't have to go far, at least. Oh, that's no. great. But think about this yeah. when you play Zubru. Nobody listens to me. You have to do a cover song by the animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting. Uh, and nobody's done that is it? Didn't they do the... Uh, Rage like a beast in a cage. <laughs> or do something animal-related. Okay, I'm going to think on that. But it's, it's a reggae night, right? So they, I, they know that we're not exclusive reggae. We play a lot of different styles. So... You know, maybe we'll, um, you know, throw like, you know, uh, 
monkey man, reggae virgin. <laughs> the lion <laughs> sleeps tonight. It's kind of good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Do a reggae version of yeah. I Have the Tiger just to be funny. Oh my God. I'm doing a gig at the Steel Revival thing whenever that is next that week. That is next weekend. Yeah, so with Brian Lindsay. Next I forget. Saturday. Yeah, so next the Saturday. 18th. Yeah, I guess we're up at the corner part by the brewery, by Fairport Brewery. So. Oh, cool, man. Okay, good. that's it's all it for good, me. But that's about it. But do you cool. have a website and stuff, this last thing? Because we uh, never our, promote We have an Instagram page, John Payne Project. We have a Facebook page, John Payne Project. Look those up. Like us. Keep a... Uh, abreast uh, of all our activities there. We're, we got a lot of stuff going on. Very good, and we'll see you around here again, obviously. Thank you so much, Rob. And yeah, thank thanks, you very guys. much. It's always more secure with thanks, this, because we know we You're have up. really good security Great here yeah. for the mass Bad Grappler. Yeah. Nobody's going to get in on us. Yeah, he's right here under my chair. Let me get him out. <laughs> That's a strange place for a well, grappler. Out. <laughs> all right, look out. Well, it depends. Here. Grapplers cool. are swingers. Well, that <laughs> Very good. And enjoy the song, and thanks depends. a lot, guys. Thank you, buddy. Stay back. Bye. Don't grab my depends. 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 Brown, brown, and down.